0: This is Ham College, Episode 5 for May 31st, 2015. This episode of Ham College is brought to you by ICOM. Get out and get mobile with ICOM. Welcome to another episode of Ham College I'm George I'm Tommy and we've got another exciting show for you tonight we're going to pull out the 12 volt battery
1: all right that's it's always worth uh,
0: sparks. Yep. sparks yeah sparks yeah could be a few sparks a little light and a meter yeah a couple oh, of meters a couple of meters yeah yep. always always nice to have more meters but the purpose of the program here is to uh, get you guys out there who are not ham radio operators kind of familiar with the question pool you know we can only cover so many questions per episode so you want to do some outside study as well to kind of get up to speed but uh, hey we're just here to kind of get you encouraged and rolling on it but i know we've got just as many um, long-time hams watch this program as we do Non-helms.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's always a great refresher to go back over the question pool. As you can see, we've missed a few questions on here going through them yep. ourselves. It's, uh, it's good to go back over that stuff to make sure you're current on the, the rules and regulations and protocols.
0: It is. And, you know, anytime that uh, we're streaming live at Amateur Logic, we always try to have a chat room going as well. You can join us at amateurlogic.tv slash chat. And we'll be looking at the screen here throughout the show, and when we get to the uh, question and answer portion there, we'll look and see what you guys are saying about it. You know, because uh, like I say, there's a there's a lot of uh, longtime hams in here, and hey, some of us get them wrong too. So.
1: Right, and mentioned in the chat room, we mentioned it before we started, but if you're watching
0: and you're in the
1: chat on YouTube. Leave there and come over to the URL that you see on the screen because we can't monitor the YouTube chat at, at the same time
0: yeah and that's if you're watching live if you're watching this on recording, then uh, no the there's probably nobody there right now
1: except so. a couple of people that don't ever leave
0: except yeah, and they never say anything when, yeah that's true yeah so anyway, uh, join us on the chat room there if you are watching live well we've got some fun things tonight uh, but first you know let's talk about about last episode, episode four. Tommy, what was kind of the the theme of that episode? Do you remember? Yeah, vo- voltage. Voltage, and we showed the original battery. The uh, what was, this was the voltaire cell? Is yeah. that what they call it? Or pile?
1: Yeah, Voltaic pile.
0: Voltaic pile. That doesn't even look like uh, a battery. It looks
1: like just looks like a stack of washers.
0: <laughs> well, it does, so, doesn't it? Yeah, but, yeah.
1: Uh, it's pretty amazing that it actually produces yeah. some voltage.
0: We got so excited when we saw that that we built our own batteries. These turned out to be a lemon, though. They just weren't <laughs> weren't really that. When uh, life gives you lemons, make batteries. But you can see, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can see we got almost three volts there. That's that's one volt per lemon, which I think that's doing pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think we if we would have tweaked those. We could have probably got a little bit more out of them.
0: Probably one point one volts. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. We lit an LED with it though. We were mighty proud of that after trying for about 10 minutes. Right. <laughs> but yeah. it, did it was work. a struggle. <laughs> it was a struggle, but it worked. Well, you know, we like to do a little history lesson in each episode of Ham College here. And uh boy, I know Tommy, you've really been looking forward to this one tonight. Oh yeah, I you? have. <laughs> uh, we As a matter of fact, you were mentioning it just before we got started here.
1: This month's history lesson is on the Ampere. André-Marie Ampere was a French physicist and science teacher who lived from 1775 to 1836. Among his accomplishments was figuring out a way to measure the strength of a magnetic field in relation to an electric current, known as Ampere's theorem. Ampere's law is a rule that deals with the mutual interaction of current-carrying waves. By definition, an ampere is a unit of measure of the rate of electron flow or current in an electrical conductor. One ampere of current represents one coulomb of electrical charge moving past a
0: specific point in one second. Well, I'm glad you cleared that up for us yeah. because looking at the formula here, I just I would have missed that all together. And
1: you know, I was going to say this stuff really isn't rocket science, but there really may be a little bit of that there in there. It could be.
0: Uh, I think yeah. you're right.
1: By definition, an ampere is a unit of measure of the rate of electron flow or current in an electrical conductor. One ampere of current represents one coulomb of electrical charge moving past a specific point in one second. Physicists consider current to flow from relatively positive points to relatively negative points. This is called conventional current or Franklin current. If you want to know more or a little bit light reading, you can check out this link right here.
0: Looking right here, what did you say? Physicists consider uh, current to flow relatively from the positive point to the negative point. Negative
1: points. This is called conventional current.
0: Yep, and that's the way that people uh, thought about electricity in the beginning. We thought the electric current flowed from positive to negative. Only later did we learn that it flows from negative to positive. It's the negative particles, say in uh, DC, that that actually. So moves. you're saying this is wrong? No, I'm saying that physicists considering this is wrong, but yeah. uh, and there's still a little debate on it. But but now we pretty much are of the opinion that it's uh, it flows from negative to positive. So if you look at the symbol for a diode, the arrow on it goes right backwards of the way that currently our current actually flows, and that's because. At the time we drew that symbol, we thought that it flew from positive. Well, images. they must
1: have been listening to
0: physicists. I think so. Okay. <laughs> I think You're right. We'll just blame it all on them and okay. move on. Let's just take a moment here and uh, get a message from the people who helped make Ham College possible. We really appreciate their support. And, and we're going to talk a little more about something we recently did with these guys when we come back before we actually get into the questions. But... Hey, let's hear from ICOM. Get out and get mobile. Whether you're looking for a handheld, mobile, or HF rig, ICOM has a radio to get you operating on your next adventure. Take ICOM's IC7100 D-Star radio with you this season. An angled control head and touchscreen provide user-friendly operation. A large internal speaker delivers clear digital audio, and it's perfect for multi-band and all-mode communications. Interested in easy, hands-free operation when you hit the road? ICOM's analog IC2730A mobile and the D-Star ID5100A both feature optional Bluetooth capability, a large backlit screen for high-contrast viewing, and 50 watts output power on both VHF and UHF. Go far with ICOM's D-Star Dual bander, the ID51A+. Check out the Near Me repeater function for D-Star as well as analog repeaters. Free downloadable RSMS1A Android app plus integrated GPS. Hit the trail with ICOM's IC7410. This HF rig is solid in performance and construction. High-grade DSP, all-mode operation, easy menu and ergonomic dials, and large heatsink for a heavy duty cycle operation. Make sure you visit ICOMAmerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM's complete line of amateur radio products. And thanks, ICOM, for helping us make Ham College possible. But what we wanted to talk about is we just got back from Dayton Hamvention. This is the first time we've gone live since then.
1: Yeah, it is. And uh, we actually had a live stream from Dayton, thanks to ICOM, right from their booth.
0: Well, they had built a stage right there in the middle of the ICOM booth, and everybody was wearing lab coats with Amateur Logic in the back.
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. They really went all out for it.
0: They did. They really did. And by the way, they, the, the red tape that they had that had Amateur Logic and ICOM, sort of like the crime yeah. scene stuff. Yeah,
1: crime scene tape.
0: They are uh, shipping the box of what was left over. Awesome. Us here. so We
1: should be able to have some fun with that.
0: We should, but uh, wow, great time. If you have not seen it yet, go to AmateurLogic.tv Episode 78 is a recording of uh, our live show from Dayton Hamvention. An hour and I believe 53 minutes. Yeah, two,
1: almost two hours of fun.
0: So let's pick back up with our questions. Where we left off last month, we were talking about control of your station. And Our first question here, Tommy, why don't you read this one tonight?
1: Okay. Which of the following is an example of remote control as defined in Part 97? A, repeater operation.
0: Or B, operating the station over the Internet. C,
1: controlling a model aircraft, boat, or car by amateur radio.
0: And D, all of these choices are correct. And I guess since you read it, it's my turn to answer, huh? Go for it. All right. Which is an example of remote control? Well, it's a little bit tricky here. Right. Uh, repeater operation. Uh, no, that's not remote control. You are transmitting through the repeater, but you're not actually controlling it, at least not not typically. Uh, B, operating the station over the Internet. That is remote, so that that could be it. C, controlling a model aircraft, boat, or car by amateur radio. That almost sounds like it. It almost sounds plausible. Almost sounds plausible. Or D, all of these choices are correct. And you could almost guess that, but since I know that repeater operation is not remote control, I can knock out D. And so that leaves me choices of B and C there. Operating it um, over the Internet. or remote control a model aircraft, boat, or car by Amateur Radio. I know it's got to be one of those two. What is the chat room saying over here? Well, they're saying C and they're saying B. Which are the two choices? Well,
1: I see two Bs and a C.
0: Yep. Well, Tommy, I'm going to have to side... With the Bs. I think the B's have well, that's it. That's what I think as well. Let's let's see. And well, that
1: is correct. I, I think this is expected.
0: Yep. it is for the first two or three questions. Right. So uh yeah, it's answer B. Operating the station over the internet. So uh yeah, that
1: is that's a little tricky. Th- yeah, you would I, think I could see how C could could be kind of misconstrued as being the answer, but
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that would really be, um, I guess C would would be talking about radio control, maybe, mm-hmm. other, rather then than I remote. remote. So, yeah, I, I could see that happening. Well, let's move on to the next one here. And that is, which of the following is an example of automatic control? Not remote control, but automatic control. A, repeater operation. B, controlling the station over the Internet. C using a computer or other device to automatically send CW, or
1: D using computer or other device to automatically identify.
0: Okay, and this one is yours, Tommy. And, and let me just say before we move on, when I and C right there, I automatically send CW. CW stands for um, continuous wave, and that is Morse code. Right.
1: So, Synonymous for
0: Morse code. Yeah, generally that's that's what you're doing when when we talk about CW. So, reason this one out for us, Tommy.
1: Yeah, this one's a little tricky too. Uh, a repeater operation. That I mean that guess that that is that would automatic be, control. Well, when you when you key up your rig, it's automatically automatically keying up the repeater. Automatically
0: repeats. Yeah, I can see that.
1: So, or B, controlling the station over the internet, which we just had that one, so I'm pretty sure that's not going to be the answer.
0: Yeah, because we're talking about automatic, not remote. Not remote. Mm -hmm.
1: C, using the computer or other device to automatically send CW.
0: Um, That's
1: not identification. That's not control. It's not not control. And that and that means D isn't either. So okay. the chat room man, there's A's all across the board.
0: Well, there is A's. a. There's a few for M. Well, there's one for M in there. <laughs> Since that was not a choice, we know he's wrong.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I'm 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 going with A also.
0: That's correct. Repeater right, operation. Right,
1: there we go. That's enough fist bumping for one day.
0: Okay. I'll try to remember that. <laughs> All well, right, let's go on to the next question here.
1: Who does the FCC presume to be the control operator of an amateur station unless documentation to the contrary is in the station records?
0: And by station records, I assume they mean your log. Your log book. Mm-hmm.
1: A, the station custodian.
0: B, the third-party participant. C, the
1: person operating the station equipment.
0: Or D, the station licensee. Now, this is kind of a tricky one. Yeah, they they uh, a lot of them are, but this one let's. It, it's my turn to answer.
1: It, it's your turn to answer, but it really makes sense if you read all four of them.
0: Yeah, and you just got to read the question correctly. If if you're not thinking about the question right, you could get this one wrong. Boy, the guys in the chat room aren't even guessing on this one yet. But um, well, let's see. Who's going to be the control operator?
1: unless documentation to the contrary is in the station records that's right. the
0: key. all right so a the station custodian I'm not sure what that term means.
1: yeah that means that's probably not going to be
0: I don't yeah I don't think I don't there is, is such a thing as a repeater custodian, but I don't think there's a station custodian. Uh, B the third party participant. Well, the question doesn't say anything about a third party participant, and even if there was, the answer doesn't say if that third party participant has a license. Right. So it couldn't probably couldn't be him. C the person operating the station equipment, and you would just think right off, yes, that's that's who's responsible. But actually, because I looked it up ahead of time, I know that it's D, the station licensee.
1: But if you think about that, unless documentation to the contrary is in the station records, it, it's got it's almost gotta be D out of all those. Because that means that means it would have had to have been written in someone's logbook.
0: Well let's see. And that's correct. It is D, the station licensee. Uh, and we had, uh, we were kind of mixed there on C's and D's on this one here. And I, I can see why, you know.
1: Yeah, it's kind of tricky.
0: You would think the person operating the uh, station equipment, but according to the FCC. If the, if
1: the station licensee wrote them down in the logbook that they were operating.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. Then they could put it off on them. Right. But you, Otherwise. But you've got to have
1: documentation. That's that last part. I keep pointing up there, but the last part of that question is the key to that
0: yeah so um if somebody is operating your station and they're misbehaving you can't uh you can't leave it to the f c c to enforce justice there you'll just have to do it yourself yeah. <laughs> no. swift justice No. um it 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 needs to be in the record so right. Tommy, if you went up there and started I'm uh, using foul language on my radio. I would write you up in the log.
1: You're going to write me up? I'm
0: going to write you up. Okay. I don't know what good it would do, but assumably I might could get out of it if if I got in trouble. But
1: good hams don't do that anyway. No,
0: they don't do that anyway. And it is a good idea to keep logs, but I've got to be honest that if you went up there and used my radio right now, I probably would not write in the log that Tommy used my radio. Right. Just, just being honest, you know. Most of us don't keep that good of records, but we we should. Well, why don't we move on to the next one here. Okay. uh, I think this is mine to read. Okay. So, who is accountable should a repeater inadvertently retransmit communications that violate the FCC rules? A, the control operator of the originating station.
1: B, the control operator of the repeater.
0: C, the owner of the repeater.
1: D both the originating station and the repeater owner.
0: Okay. Well, what do you think?
1: Now right off I would almost think that D might be the answer, but let's just run down through
0: them and see. I would think that when I first looked over these, I'm I'm thinking, yeah, it's it's going to be D.
1: Yeah, but the yeah, but the more you think about it, A the control operator of the originating station, he's the one that's that's sending the offensive, offensive or whatever the case may be. Illegal although it's transmission,
0: although it's inadvertent, it says he's still doing it.
1: Yeah. Well, should the repeater inadvertently retransmit? He could have been. He could have been doing it on purpose, but the repeater oh, can't yeah. distinguish. Yeah, that's true. So. B, the control operator of the repeater, that that wouldn't be fair to put to pin that on him. Because wouldn't be he has fair. No control yeah. of that. Yeah. And I'm sure a good repeater op- trustee would shut the repeater down if something if, like that yeah. were happening. The owner of the repeater, same thing. I, I'm, I'm going with A.
0: You're going with A. Well, the chat room is saying it's either C or B. So let's see who's right on this one. Tommy, you outwitted the chat room. Okay, that's that more, deserves more a more fist bump. Bump. There
1: you go. So. But if you think about it, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. When I first read it, I was thinking, well, both of them are going to be responsible. But no. Yeah. It's the control operator of the originating station, the guy who made the transmissions. Right. Yeah. But on the other hand, if you own a repeater and... You know that there's some guy on here who's, you know, using inappropriate language, violating the rules and such. You should shut down the repeater or do whatever or is necessary to prevent because, that. Well, you any, say something. Any
1: any good ham should because we're mm-hmm. self self policing right. for the most part, and uh, so it's everyone's responsibility to, get, to kind of bring yeah. that up.
0: But if the uh, if the owner of the repeater. Or the control operator, the repeater knows that it's going on, and he continues to let it happen. Then you know that that's not uh, that's not really good either, and he could right. face some repercussions from that.
1: In which of the following circumstances may the control operator of an amateur station receive compensation for operating the station? A. When engaging in communications on behalf of their employer.
0: B, when the communication is incidental to classroom instruction at an educational institution.
1: Or C, when rebroadcasting weather alerts during a races net.
0: Or D, when notifying other amateur operators of the availability for sale or trade of apparatus.
1: Almost all of those sound pretty bad.
0: Yeah, but one of them is actually the answer. Yeah, I think I know. Let's see, I'm the one who's got to answer? You do. Okay. All right, so let's look at them. You know, when when can you make money operating on the air? When engaged in communications on behalf of your employer, uh, A. No. No. Uh, B. When the communication is incidental to classroom instruction at an educational institution,
1: uh, maybe I think
0: that's it. Yeah. C, when rebroadcasting weather alerts, you're in a race net, No, you can't make money for rebroadcasting weather alerts. That's a
1: public service.
0: Yeah. Or D, when notifying other amateur operators of the availability for sale or trade of apparatus. Now, that's a tricky one because there are nets around that uh, discuss trading amateur radio gear and selling it, and that is legal.
1: Is it? Because I've always wondered that when I, I've heard those, and I'm like, that that just doesn't seem quite kosher.
0: That is legal, but what this answer here is saying is, you can be paid when you're notifying other amateur operators of the availability for sale or trade of apparatus.
1: Oh, for so, being the one that's broadcasting. Yeah. So
0: you can't be paid for for saying, "Hey, I've got a a, a Swan for sale." I see. You know,
1: but. But if I said, uh, George, oh, if you give me 25 bucks for telling everybody on the net that you had a swan for sale, then that's bad. That would be that's illegal. Bad. That's yeah, bad. I got you.
0: So, based on all of line. this, the only one that really works, I'm going to say, is B, when the communication is incidental to classroom instruction at an educational institution. And that is correct. There you go. And and that's a good thing because most of the chat room, well, they were kind of all over the place on it, too. We've got a D, and we've got some Bs there. I uh, had a couple of Ds. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's a fine point there, but uh, it is actually yeah. B. So if
1: you're getting your normal salary being a teacher, and then you're teaching ham radio as part of your curriculum, that's that's cool. Yeah. I could see that.
0: Yeah. All right, next question. Which part of the FCC regulations contains the rules governing the amateur radio service? And Tommy?
1: A, Part 73.
0: B, Part 95. C, Part 90. Or D, Part 97. This
1: is not one that you're going to be able to reason
0: out. No. It's just a, it's just a number.
1: And I'm, yeah it is. And I know this one like forever. I know it's D Part ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Which of the following is an FCC rule regarding power levels used in the amateur bands under normal, non distress circumstances? A. There is no limit to power as long as there is no interference with other services.
0: B. No more than two hundred watts PEP may be used.
1: C, up to 1,500 watts PEP may be used on any amateur frequency without restriction.
0: Or D, while not exceeding the maximum power permitted on a given band, use the minimum power necessary to carry out the desired communication. All right, A, there is no power limit as long as there is no interference with other services. That would be uh, wishful thinking. <laughs> that, that is not correct. There is a power limit. B, no more than 200 watts PEP may be used. Now, I know that one's not correct either because on certain bands, we can use up to 1,500 watts PEP. And that's what C says, up to 1,500 watts PEP may be used on any amateur radio or any amateur frequency without restriction. That's not correct either. You can rule that one out because there are some bands that you can't use 1,500 watts on. In particular, uh, 60 meters. Yeah. hmm
1: Yeah, there are several.
0: Yep. And D, while not exceeding the maximum power permitted on a given band, use the minimum power necessary to carry out the desired communication. I'm going to say that's it right there, Tommy. I concur. That means I can't go over my 1,500 watts or whatever the maximum is on that band, but I need to use the minimum power necessary to carry out the communication. Well... I think we all know that's just that's just that's being just a good citizen. Answer. Yep, that's being a good citizen. So let's see. And that is correct. And what was the chat room saying? Well, they were saying D. And yeah, it's
1: across the board.
0: Yeah, I think um you know pretty much all the hams out there knew that that was the correct answer on that one.
1: That so. that's that's the right thing to do cuz uh, if if I'm talking to you and we can talk on HF with 100 watts or 50 watts or whatever, why do you want to run 1,500 watts where your signal is going to be going way out and and causing congestion on the bands for other people?
0: Then on the other hand, if I am on my base here talking to you and you're in the mobile and you're 30 miles away running 5 watts.
1: That's not going to cut it either.
0: I, I may can hear you a little bit and it's real scratchy and noisy. You should go ahead and bump it up to fifty watts, because in that case, that is the minimum amount necessary.
1: Are you trying to tell me something?
0: Yes, I am.
1: <laughs> full. Are you saying full power is the is the minimum
0: for mobile operations? Yeah. A, a lot of in a lot of occasions, it is. Uh, yeah. You know.
1: Don't so, you let me turn it up to where you get a clean yeah clean communications? Yeah. On it.
0: Don't. Don't go overpower, but there again, use enough power that the guy on the other end isn't straining his ears to hear you. What, if any, are the restrictions concerning transmission of language that may be considered indecent or obscene? And it's A, the FCC maintains a list of words that are not permitted to be used on the amateur frequencies.
1: B, any such language is prohibited.
0: C, the ITU maintains a list of words that are not permitted to be used on amateur frequencies.
1: Or D, there is no such prohibition. Prohibition.
0: Prohibition. There you go. Yep. So, what and do you I'm think, Tommy? This
1: one. So, the FCC maintains a list of words? No. That, that's not true.
0: I had heard that there were seven words you couldn't say on television.
1: They are, but the FCC is not maintaining them for amateurs.
0: Okay. But we're not really sure that that 7 exists anymore from what I'm seeing on TV these yeah. days.
1: Yeah, that, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Any such language is prohibited? That, that sounds about right. The ITU maintains a list. That's another list of words. That's just not going to be a list of words, I don't think.
0: Well, and another thing there is the ITU doesn't uh, govern the rules in the United States it's right. the FCC absolutely so that would disqualify that answer and
1: then there is no such prohibition and i don't believe that so to me the answer can only be b no such language
0: well according to the chat room no such language it's either b or d so yeah it was it's,
1: i think it's going to be b and the thing about the list of words even
0: that was George Carlin's list of words, by the way, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. oh oh, yeah, it sure yeah. was, it sure was. I remember that now, but if if the if the f c c maintained a list of words, somebody would figure out a way to to twist it twist it around or something to say something that's wrong, and uh, here, you know, I think this even kind of covers the implied meaning,
0: I yeah, think. it does, and the, without the f c c just trying to get really down nitpicky and and mince words with folks. They just say, hey, it's prohibited.
1: Right. Which of the following meets the FCC definition of harmful interference? A, radio transmissions that annoy users of a repeater.
0: B, unwanted radio transmissions that cause costly harm to radio station apparatus. C,
1: that which seriously degrades, obstructs, or repeatedly interrupts a radio communication service operating in accordance with the radio regulations.
0: Or D, static from lightning storms. And this is mine? That's yours. Okay, so which does the FCC define as harmful interference? Well, let's see. A, radio transmissions that annoy users of a repeater. I don't think it's that one. I mean, it's annoying. Yeah, but
1: you could almost see how somebody could think that.
0: Well, you could you could b unwanted radio transmissions that cause costly harm to radio station apparatus. Um, yeah, yeah. Normally um, transmissions don't cause costly harm yeah, to like your how, radio gear.
1: How close would you have to be and how much power would you have to run to overload something yeah. that bad?
0: I have heard of people saying that uh, they left their HF rig on and they got out in the mobile in the driveway and they started talking on it and it blew up the front end of their HF rig. Mm. I've never had that happen, so I don't, I can't say whether that happens or not. Some people say it does, but I can tell you that if uh, I'm on uh, my dual band VHF, UHF radio and you're right behind me running 50 watts, you're not hurting my radio. Mm. You know, I just, it, it, that's.
1: That's not the minimum amount of power
0: No, it's not
1: required for communication
0: That is the maximum amount required (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to say no, it's not B Uh, C, that which seriously degrades, obstructs or repeatedly interrupts a radio communication service operating in accordance with the radio regulations That's a mouthful, but I'm going to say that's it Or D, harmful interference would be Static from lightning storms? No, that's no. not harmful. That's just annoying. Uh, so I say it's C. And uh, In the uh,
1: chat room concurs with they you. They pretty
0: much agree with it. Okay. So there you go. It is C. All right. When is willful interference to other amateur radio stations permitted? A, only if the station being interfered with is expressing extreme religious or political views... B, at no time. C, only during a contest. D, at
1: any time amateurs are not protected from willful interference.
0: All right. got to say, before you answer it here, this one ought to be pretty doggone obvious. But yeah. let's see.
1: Okay, yeah. I'm. I'm just going to go ahead and say the answer is obviously B, at no time. I mean... Only if stations interfere to express extreme religious, you know that's wrong. But
0: isn't it okay if, if I'm real uh, if I'm real upset and I'm extremely religious and political that I can interfere with you? If you're <laughs> saying something I don't like, <laughs> I've heard you it happen.
1: Would, you would think so nowadays. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> but no, no, that's no. not right.
1: Uh, okay, so I think it's B. Only during the contest, that doesn't give you any no. release like Although, that.
0: Although you do hear it during a contest yeah. it is not not legal and
1: that at any time that amateurs are not protected I just that's not true I, I'm yeah. saying it's b at no time
0: at no time well I'm gonna agree with you and so does the chat room you're correct <laughs> it's at B at any time well that kind of winds up the questions here on uh remote control All right. and for well, fun related Subjects there, including some uh, some heatedly contested issues. But <laughs> so we've got a few more here. But before we get into these, these are more of a technical nature. I tell you what, why don't we do a little project, Tommy? Let's do it. You know,
1: this is my we, favorite part.
0: Yeah, we have not pulled out a battery or a meter yet tonight, and we're way we're past, way past that. Yeah. So while we're getting set up for that, on the 15th of each month, ICOM is proud to sponsor AmateurLogic.TV with hosts George Thomas, Tommy Martin, and Peter Barrett. This looks a little crude, but roughly here's what I have. The bottom trace here is ground.
1: While the elements will jiggle some, they're actually not too bad. It's light.
0: After putting it together, I decided to test everything, so I ran in 12 volts, and I'm measuring the output here. No, it's not too windy right now, Jim.
1: It was yesterday. Actually turn that into a scanner capable of tuning across a wide
0: range of frequencies. Whoa, okay. What is this called? We're in the antenna switching matrix. Any one of our six broadcast transmitters could be connected to any of the 22 antennas via the switching matrix. Down in Melbourne, apparently they they tune up their radios (laughs) different than we do, Tommy. Oh yeah? Now the FM900 is tough. Seriously tough. We finally arrived.
1: Man, we're in ham nirvana.
0: Again. Boy, what what a great time. And and as happened last year, we still haven't got all the way through the flea market yet.
1: No, we've been hit about a fourth of it, but we're going to have to strike a trot.
0: Well, the moment of truth has arrived. I've attached a BNC connector to the antenna terminals here. I've got plus 12 volt ground uh, power coming in here. It's going to my uh, power supply. Uh, that I'm supplying it with 13.8 volts. And I personally am so thrilled that George got the special award. Well deserved, my friend. That's really yeah, cool. Absolutely. What about the Super Bowl, Emil? Did you go to the Super Bowl, or were you at home uh, operating that night? Tuning my amplifier, and oh, I lost power
1: in the shack, and uh, went outside. The house <laughs> lost power. And the whole neighborhood went out for about 30 minutes. I I don't know what happened.
0: Oh, huh. that explains a lot. All right, Tommy, sing the theme song here. We've shown you how to read voltage before. We talked about that extensively, and we brought out a couple of different meters and played with them. Today, what do you think we ought to talk about, Tommy?
1: Well, let's talk about current or amps. Measure current.
0: Amperes. Amperes. That sounds familiar. we talked about that. Yeah, that guy with the chick's middle name. That's it. The yeah. guy with the hair. Yeah, chick's hair. <laughs> Okay, you know, when we measured voltage, we took our meter and we put it across the two terminals here. We put it in parallel, right across there, the negative and the positive terminals, parallel. All right, to measure current, you do it a little bit different. You you put your meter in series, and you're going to need an ammeter, as, as we told you earlier. And here's one here. Well, this is actually a volt-ohm meter. it's It uh, does a lot of different measurements, and one of those is it'll measure current. So I'm selecting DC amps here since the battery is DC, and I'm going to put it on the 200 uh, milliamp scale because I'm expecting less than 200 milliamps. But there's one thing that you have to do on a lot of meters like this multimeters that test different things. You have to move your probes. Mm-hmm. There's, there's A lot of these have multiple holes in them, not all of them. Normally, if I was using this to measure ohms or voltage, you know, my meter would be plugging these holes. But to measure amps, there's one here with an A on it. There's another right. one with
1: a 20A. Oh, for, for more
0: mm-hmm. current. For more current. So I would take the red lead here and plug it over an A for amps. And, of course, the black one stays in uh, common.
1: But you check your manual for your meter
0: yes, to make it,
1: sure you do it right. This
0: will be different for different meters. Okay, so we've got our meter set up, ready to read current. All
1: right. I can hardly wait.
0: Now, can I take my probes and touch them across my battery, Tommy? You can,
1: but we're going to have to go get another meter.
0: I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to want to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the chat room will probably get a kick out of it.
0: They probably would, yeah, but um, hey, they're just... I don't have to do without because I like this old meter.
1: Yeah, what brand is that?
0: That is uh, a George Thomas meter. That it? is a George Thomas meter. You don't see those every day, but uh, no, it used to be a George Thomas Did meter. You pull the sticker, a sticker off I pulled
1: the sticker it? off. Oh, it's a Radio Shack. It's a
0: Radio Shack meter. You couldn't, haven't been able to buy this particular model for years and years. But anyway, we need to measure in series. If you take your ammeter and put it in parallel across that battery. Yeah, like Tommy said, you're going to be drawing maximum amps through that meter, whatever that battery can supply. And you're going to smoke your meter or blow the fuse that's in it. So we're going to go in series. Well, you know, it's not a good idea for me to uh, short across this battery, which is what I would be doing if I just connected one lead here and then touch the other one to the battery can't do that. We need to actually be measuring current on a circuit that does something. So I've got some little light bulbs here.
1: and yeah, I just so happen to have a set of clip leads here.
0: Okay, well I'll tell you what, If you got a red one?
1: I do, I just so happen to just happened find the to. camera.
0: That is mighty convenient. It is. It's All
1: almost right? like it was planned.
0: I'm going to hook... We know that can't never happen. That it could never happen. I'm going to connect the red lead to one lead of the led here and let's connect that to the positive on the battery there now the light bulb is not on well that's because we haven't made the circuit we haven't made the circuit there's nothing connected to the other side so no current can flow yet now the way we would normally do this we'll just take the black lead let me move the meter out of the way just for clarity here for a minute We take the black lead, the negative, connect it to the other side of the light bulb, and we've got green light. All right. So we know current will flow in the circuit this way. To put our meter in series, we've got to break this circuit somewhere, so we'll just disconnect one end of the light bulb. It could be either end, doesn't matter which one. And now we'll connect our meter in series, in other words, between these two so that it's completing the circuit. On a uh, digital meter, it doesn't matter which negative or positive you connect to which end. There, uh, it's not going to matter. On a uh, analog meter, your meter is going to swing backwards if you get it backwards. So, when you first so on a digital it,
1: meter, is it going to show you negative?
0: It'll show you. Uh, it'll show you negative you. if you have got it okay. hooked up backwards. So let's just connect it there. And, and you've there, got it hooked up backwards. I've got it hooked up backwards because it's showing negative.
1: And I can't see. What does that mean? 62 milliamps?
0: 62. Around 62.7 milliamps, I think. I've got another light bulb, Tommy.
1: Wow. Just so happen to have another.
0: Just so happened to have another. That's
1: convenient.
0: Now, what if I take this one and let's just string it on out. Let's put it in series with the other one. What do you think is going to happen there?
1: Let's see we're gonna go in series,
0: yep, we're using two light bulbs, so well, if we're gonna go in
1: parallel I, are we gonna do parallel too?
0: We'll do it, but we're gonna okay. do series all right first.
1: well i'm on, i'll hold, I'll refrain on my parallel comment from series, I would think maybe it's gonna be the same
0: all right, so two light bulbs there. We're going to connect them in series. This jumper leaves just hooking the two ends of the light bulbs together. You can't see one of the bulbs. There you go. All right. Take the meter, connect it to the other side here.
1: This is going to be interesting because I'm actually not totally sure exactly yeah. what's going to happen. Here.
0: Well, it's two light bulbs. Is it going to be double the current?
1: I don't think so.
0: All right. Well, let's I see. think
1: if we did them parallel, they're going to be double, but I don't think so in series. 43, it's less.
0: Yep.
1: It's okay. less. And it's the less. A And the
0: lights are a little dimmer. Now, why do you think that is?
1: Because we've doubled the resistance.
0: That's correct. You know, each one of these lights has resistance in it. So what we've done is double the resistance. So, so
1: yes, yeah, just like if you were to put two resistors in in yep. uh, series.
0: If you used Ohm's Law and figured out we didn't change the voltage, we're still using 12 volts here. We've doubled the resistance so the current had to change proportionally. Alright, so here's another rule and this this won't be on your test but just something that uh, well it won't be in the technician exam but something you should know. You see I've put my meter in here in series at, uh, let me get the things out way. We've got so many leads, it's a little hard to see what's going on here. I've got my meter in series here at one end of this string of light bulbs. What if I move my meter and put it right in between the two? Tommy, what what will be the current reading there?
1: Well, I think it's going to be the same way, no matter where you measure it through that whole circuit.
0: All right, well, let's see. All right, so we'll because just... Because
1: the current's flowing the current's making that circuit right there. I think it's, it's going to be the same all the way through. I mean, that's what makes sense to me. All
0: right. Well, let's take our two leads and put our meter between the two bulbs here. 43.2. Pretty two. much the same. Pretty much the same thing. Even if I moved it to the opposite end here, it's going to be the same. And the reason is the current is the same at all points in a series circuit. Right. So that that might just be... <laughs> something good to remember it's not it's not going to be in your technician exam
1: it makes sense if you think
0: about it but at first it's
1: kind of misleading because you would think it would be double at first but
0: yeah all right so we're going to do parallel let's do parallel now tommy what do you say the current is going to be we know it was 60 something milliamps
1: it's going to be 120. It a bulb? It's going to be 120. You think
0: 120. Well, let's see. Let me ask you another question. On the meter here, it doesn't really matter on analog meter. I mean, on a digital meter it doesn't analog. Which lead should be which? Should I have from common hook to negative on the battery or should I have the positive meter lead hooked to the negative
1: the positive to the negative.
0: Alright, so now that meter won't read negative when I connect it. That's right. Nope. Whoops. <laughs> That's what I thought too, but. We just we were let both the smoke running. out. Yeah. Alright, so instead of uh, roughly 62 milliamps or 63 milliamps, we've got 127.8. That's because what we've done here, we've taken uh, these two resistances and put them in parallel with each other, effectively uh, cutting the resistance in half. Voltage is the same, resistance is half as much, so current went to approximately twice, twice as much.
1: much. In, in Gordo's book, he, uh, he has a good explanation of, uh, of current. And it's it's like uh, picturing it as being in the stream. Mm-hmm. The electro, you know, but the water is the electrons, and you go out into the stream. You can feel the current pushing. You
0: can feel the current. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Pretty it's high enough, it you can feel the voltage too. Yeah, <laughs> but no, that is a that is a good example there. Well, I don't really know what else we can do with this battery and two light bulbs in a meter right now.
1: Not without getting out the fire extinguisher.
0: No. So uh,
1: so I guess we better stop while we're ahead. I think so. you ever used one of these? As a matter of
0: fact, I have. This is for AC. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, you can actually take the amp clamp here and put it around one of the... One of the AC wires, and tell mm-hmm. how much current's going through it just by the magnetic field.
0: So you don't have to have the leads hooked to you it at all. Don't
1: have to hook up the leads at all.
0: You'd call that a clamp-on amp meter. Yeah,
1: it's pretty uh, handy. I've used this so many times for working on in a previous mm-hmm. life, working on uh, air conditioners and electric heat.
0: See these two wires here? Let's pretend that's a piece of lamp cord. These two are stuck together. So can you just clamp on it like that?
1: No. You would you would need to split them and put only put it across one of the wires.
0: One of the wires. If you put it across both, you wouldn't have anything. You wouldn't
1: get anything; they cancel each other out. Okay. But, but then you, if as long as you've got this on AC amps, AC amps, then it'll read it for you, and you don't have to do anything to touch the electricity. So
0: they do make DC clamp on amp meters. Yeah, I've never seen one of those. I haven't either. I could
1: imagine it's expensive.
0: They said they were real expensive, so uh, that's all I know about that, but um, apparently there's some out there. Cool. First question on current here. What is the name for the flow of electrons in an electric circuit? A, voltage.
1: B, resistance.
0: C, capacitance. D, current. Okay, Tommy, what do you think?
1: Well, the flow of electrons i'm i'm gonna go with d current
0: you think it's d
1: i think it's d and i don't even really know how to resist this uh, resist i don't even know how to reason this one out really i know it's not voltage because we covered voltage last month
0: uh yeah but you're not necessarily hopefully didn't take your test last month you passed it yeah There, you're right. I don't know how you reason. <laughs> oh. No, you were talking earlier. Uh, Gordo's, Gordo's example works here.
1: Right. Yeah, like about the flow of water. Mm hmm. Right. So the, you got the flow, so I'm, I'm going with current.
0: You're going with current. Okay. Well, another another way you could reason it out is voltage. If you remember when we were talking about voltage, Voltage is electromotive force, mm-hmm. all right? So that's what voltage is. Resistance, we know that's not the flow of electrons. That's, that's the opposition to the flow. Yeah. Capacitance, yeah, that's what a capacitor has. Um, there's, a capacitor itself doesn't uh, have any flowing electrons, so that only leaves you with current. So I'm with you, and it looks like everybody in the chat room's with you. All right, well, let's see what the answer is, and it is D, current. So, here, let's just, we've had a hard night. That's my test, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right, what's our next question going to be there?
1: Electrical current is measured in which of the following units? A, volts.
0: B, watts. C, ohms. Or D, amperes. Electrical current is measured in which of the following units? Well, volts is a measurement of voltage. Watts is a measurement of power. And ohms is a measurement of resistance. So, amperes D is a measurement of current. What were you laughing about? I must have said something funny. (laughs) Volts is a measure of voltage. It is.
1: Yeah, no, it is. It, it is. The watts is a measure of wattage,
0: no, of power. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. You, you could say that. Yeah, I thought that's where you were going. No, <laughs> I could have very easily though. Yeah. everyone right. in the chat room says it's D. I'm bound to be right. All there right, you go. there we go. When All in doubt, right. go with D. Next question: Which instrument is used to measure electric current? A. An O meter.
1: B. A wave meter.
0: C, a voltmeter. D, an ammeter. Okay, I think, uh, I think this is yours, Tommy. That, that's what you use to measure current. Yeah. Clamp on is not one of the answers. It's not. No. No. Um, Unfortunately, well. not.
1: Okay, so it's it's still it's falling back to that same thing. An ohm meter measures. Uh, resistance. Ohms, yeah. Wave meter. I don't even know what that is.
0: That would measure a wave. <laughs> <laughs> that would measure. It's sort of, I guess that would be like sort of like a frequency counter.
1: It, it's going to be D, an ammeter.
0: An ammeter. You sure that you don't measure electric current with a voltmeter?
1: You measure it with a multimeter that can also measure voltage.
0: Yeah, but that's not what we're looking for, no, is it? No,
1: We're looking for ammeter.
0: And you must be right because that's what everyone in the chat room is saying except for Arnie, who says Coulombs long per second meter.
1: There you go, and he's right.
0: Yeah. So let's see. It is an ammeter. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one here.
1: Okay. How is an ammeter usually connected to a circuit? A, in series with the circuit.
0: And we just went over this. B, in parallel with the circuit.
1: C, in quadrature with the circuit.
0: And I don't even know how you'd really do that, but somebody would figure it out. Or D, in phase with the circuit. We just covered this. It it just just seems familiar to me. So we know it's, um, it's in series. It's A. It's not in parallel B, or you'd blow up your ammeter. C, in quadrature. Not really sure even how you'd hook that up. And D, in phase with the circuit. Not sure how you'd hook that no, up either. I don't either. even know what that means. Yeah, not sure what that means. A in series. And correct. I'm correct. All right, well, so go. let's move on to the next one. Which of the following is a good electrical conductor? A, glass. B, wood. C, copper. D,
1: rubber. And it's my turn to answer this one?
0: Yes, and this one, this is a trick one.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. It's like you would have to just like be asleep to miss this one Uh, a glass glass is an insulator yeah b wood wood can be used as an insulator too as long as it's not wet
0: yeah and then it could be used as a conductor but not a very good one no
1: c copper all your wires most of your wires copper now well you used to have aluminum wire but most of it's
0: mean, you don't use rubber wire
1: no, but it has rubber on the outside of ah, it to keep you from okay. getting electrocuted, so that pretty much rules that out.
0: So that copper color stuff in the middle is copper, then? It's
1: copper. All right. And that's going to be your answer. Survey says copper.
0: Let's see. And I think everyone got that. And, yes, Mike, wet wood, yes, wet wood, but it's not a good electrical conductor.
1: No, it's just... Just good enough to wake you up.
0: Just good enough to wake you up. Well, Tommy, that gets us through all our questions tonight. Uh, Let's see. We'll be back uh, for Amateur Logic at, don't know the exact date, about two weeks. Yeah,
1: Yeah. about two weeks from today, actually.
0: Yeah, just uh, you want to watch, well, our social networks, and you'll find out when the next streaming event will be, uh, when this one is... uh, the download is available and everything going on with uh both ham college and amateur logic
1: right now the slide up there only has the amateur logic facebook group but we actually have a ham college one as well we it's do it's not
0: very busy it, it's not very busy yet and it's really i don't know which is the best way to go with that you know because we've got such a big community at amateur logic it we don't want to set our new hams off in a Right. You know, we'd like to include them it's with everything so. else. So actually,
1: what do you guys think about that? You can let us know if you think we ought to have separate communities or join them. How yeah. About that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Another thing we want to mention is the show notes wiki, amateurlogic.tv/wiki. You can find the show notes on whatever we talked about each show. Yeah. Uh,
1: if you If you ask us, hey, hey, Tommy, what show was that? That mm-hmm. you did something in.
0: When did y'all make the lemonade?
1: That's that's where I go and mm-hmm. look. So you can do the same thing.
0: Yep. Yeah, you can.
1: Well, Thanks to Dan for maintaining that, by oh, the way. In yeah. 9 LVS. In
0: 9 LVS, yep.
1: Dan Van Evenhoven.
0: Yep. And I saw Dan in Dayton. Yep. Yeah, me yeah. too. Good to see him there. All right. Thanks for being here. We enjoyed it. I uh, hope you all, um, those who are studying for your tests, just keep after it you know like we say you're going to need some additional study besides what you get here Uh, there's a lot of good uh, test sites online that you can go to and uh, take practice i can't talk take practice exams right there there's also some books available of course we like Gordon West Technician Class License Guide. The AWRL has uh, Technician License Guides, and I think maybe there's some others out there too. Yeah, I
1: think there's some others, but uh, Gordon is probably one, one really, of the more popular ones. Yeah,
0: it's one we really uh, lean towards, but we haven't really looked at the others. But we know Gordo and we know his book, and you can't yeah, go wrong stuff. with it. Yeah. All right, seven three, and we'll see you here in another month. Seven three.
1: figuring out a way to measure the strength of a magnetic field in relation to an electric current, known as an ammeter. <laughs> what did you write down here, Doug? Yeah, it's like going to <laughs> physicists consider coulomb current to flow from relative.
0: That, I don't think that belongs there. <laughs> very... <doesn't> belong. Okay, <laughs> but I want to say something about something you just mentioned right there.
1: Oh, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently there's zero current in the middle
0: i think i bumped a bulb and we blew it now you know what happened we don't have any. <laughs> the red lead came undone okay which instrument is used to measure electric current a an ohmmeter, meter
1: a a wave meter or b a wave meter <laughs>
0: Or D in phase with the circuit.
1: Or D <laughs> <Again>.
0: <laughs> Huh? I don't know what happened.
1: Read, read the answers up there. It's an extra D up there.
0: <laughs> How could that happen?